Hi, everyone, and welcome to AB Conversations, where we will help you CFP your way out of it, a podcast where you get into the minds of a couple certified financial planners on how we think and feel about everyday financial planning questions and what should really matter most to you. A healthier financial life starts now. And we're back. Yes, we are. Hey, Adam, how are we doing? Fantastic. Sun is shining. Sun is shining. It is warm here in Pennsylvania. We'll take it, though. Yes. Yeah, so if there's a little bit of a, you know, a white noise in the background, it's the, uh, the air conditioner is blowing. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Needed in these old buildings. No central air, right? That's for sure. Yeah. So uh, let's chat inflation today. We Fun. have, yeah, we are going to, we are going to go down a, maybe a little bit more of a technical path than we typically in these AV conversations that I think are more financial planning centric, right? That's what mm-hmm. we want to talk about. But yeah. we certainly recognize that when buzzwords kind of hit headlines and people start to get nervous about what they're hearing, um, mm-hmm. we, w- we want to be a voice of reason here on kind of framing that in a way that goes, yes, here's, here's what's being discussed, but here's how we think about it. And then maybe most importantly, here's how we hope you recognize it does or does not play a role in your financial life. Yeah. How is that yeah. for a lead in? Good enough? Sounds perfect. Yep. Let's Great. take, let's take it from the top. Do it over again. No, that's, that was, that was great. So I think clearly where I think the, the headlines are the most obvious, you know, you, you hear about home prices and the cost of yeah. lumber increasing the cost to build a home. <laughs> we have a couple of clients that either just built or in the process of doing, you know, major home renovations. And as they're going through the process, getting like the surprise bills, Hey, guess what? Raw material costs went up inflation, your bill just went up too. So it's, it's bleeding over into, you know, things in, in our clients' lives, obviously our own lives. If you were looking to buy a car right now, again, inflation, yeah. it's, it's, it's supply and demand, right? There were shutdowns that happened with COVID that are now impacting this, uh, the, I wish Devin was here, the logistics, right? The supply yeah. chain. And now we, we have to make up for that. And it's, it's pure supply and demand. If, if you can charge more because there's more demand, that's, that's the way things are going. Yeah. And I think that's also happening uh, clearly because the government has taken a pretty strong stance here on trying to put money, you know, increase the money supply, put it back into the system to right. get the economy moving. So yes, we are printing dollars, maybe a separate conversation, but it's somewhat natural that when that money starts to hit the system that prices are going to change. Yeah. And I think that's, that's certainly where, you know, we, we hear feedback from clients that it's, you know, it's the, the printing of money, the increasing the, the debt, right. The budget was just released recently and it's, you know, the $6 trillion, which again, it's just, it's hard to wrap your mind around that, that many zeros. It, it just, it just becomes theory, theoretical at that point. But the, I guess that that fear of continuing to print money is that is that going to lead to inflation? Um, and I guess the answer is maybe. It doesn't yeah. necessarily it doesn't necessarily have to, right? There's so many other factors at play. But I think that's that's one of the things that we hear, you know, linked by clients yep. the most. Yeah. So I guess there's two sides of this uh, for the conversation today. I think it's what we certainly feel as consumers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If I want to go refinish the basement, like 
two by fours that are already warped should not be costing like 12 bucks a piece. Um, so as consumers, there's concern on how we spend our money. But mm -hmm. then I guess we also need to discuss today, the Federal Reserve is there to kind of control the interest rate environment. And oftentimes, right, their focus is on trying to keep inflation reasonable, right? So the interest rate environment has the potential to change um, when we're seeing prices right. kind of change. So there's kind of that investment side of things where mm -hmm. if the economy gets overheated, the Fed needs to react to it. Stock market likes to try to predict these things, certainly doesn't like uncertainty. This is the other side of the inflation conversation that investors are probably focused on. Yeah, and it's it's the the long range predictions, right? It's the long range projections of trying to figure out and, and where the Fed is at right now saying it's transitory, inflation is transitory. And what does that mean? It's, it's temporary. Why they can't just say, use the word temporary, who knows? They, <laughs> they want to look smart, I guess, right? They're the, one of the, some of the smartest financial people in the world. But the point is trying to determine what inflation is going to look like 10, 15, 20 years down the line, because for, for us and our clients, right? That's, that's what we're looking to project over and trying to preserve the purchasing power of their dollars, right? We wouldn't want to see inflation run away like it kind of did in the 70s and 80s. And now not only feel like your $1 in the future is going to buy way less than it could today, but there's usually economic fallout from that just on top of, you know, inflation by itself. Yeah, I think it's the uncertainty factor there. Um, yeah, you know, certainly when there when there seem to be some changing variables around the price of goods, supply and demand, you, you mentioned it well, supply chain, right, disruptions right now, there's just a lot of uncertainty, not only for the consumer, but you think about how businesses um, yeah. need to need to think about the trickle down effect of their hiring, their capital spending, their investments, um, especially when we don't often think about how many different things go into product creation and how many different supply chains kind of link to that one item that you're purchasing. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, it becomes, it becomes hard, I think, um, to make projections on, should I be investing? Should I be borrowing um, with that high degree of uncertainty? So that in itself has a way of kind of maybe slowing down economics or creating yeah. different hurdles. Yeah, absolutely. So even to your point on like the supply chain and, and not knowing how, how many like pieces of the puzzle actually go into the finished product. For me, that was automobiles, right? The, the fact that we have a, a semiconductor chip shortage is now leading to limited supply of new vehicles. Number one drives up the price of now trying to go buy a new car. And now used cars are up significantly um, over the last you know 12 months. So that impacts me directly because I have a 16 year old who's going to want to buy a car soon or I would <laughs> like to buy a car soon. She can have mine, but I'm, I don't want, this is me being me. I don't want to go out and buy a new car in limited supply. Like it's just not, it's not a buyer's market. And that's what's trickling down to, to the consumer level. So all very good context um, and very well said. I think then let's talk a little bit um, whether it's using pieces of history or not, um, how are we thinking and feeling right now? Are you, Adam Warner, overly concerned that inflation is going to mean we need to do something very different as advisors to our clients? No. Okay, let, let's Done. wrap it up. So, <laughs> all right, then it's good. 
I, I, sh I share that sentiment and not Great. yet, right? We can always say it will depend on the future. Um, right of now course. it's not overly concerning. Um, maybe this is a little bit temporary, but let's talk yeah. about why. Why do we feel that way and why does that matter? Yeah, so I, it goes back for me, it's, it's the Federal Reserve kind of has their, their interest rate policy and just their policies in general. They use a 2% target of inflation um, kind of as their benchmark. We haven't really seen that in quite a while. We've seen higher numbers, we've seen much lower numbers, but they try to target that 2% average. So going back to the financial crisis, 2008, 2009, we haven't really had any real sustained inflation. And even before that, it, right. we've been nowhere close to, you know, we, we, we hear the stories, right? We were too young to really know it and feel it, but talking to clients of ours, you know, the early 80s, you went to get a mortgage and you were paying 12, 13 double digits yeah. interest on a mortgage, but you could put your money in the bank and you'd be getting 14% interest on your savings account. We haven't been anywhere near that and we don't expect that to happen now, right? It, it ultimately comes back to, we've, it was an unprecedented, uh, you know, just shutting off the economy in March of 2020. Yep. That is unlike any other business cycle that we've had before. So from just from that standpoint, I think I have to agree with the Federal Reserve that a lot of the impact and the numbers that we're seeing from an inflation standpoint should be temporary until the supply chain and manufacturing can actually ramp back up to pre-COVID levels yeah. to just even out that you know, supply, supply and demand uh, dynamic. From an investment standpoint, then if, if we don't feel like inflation is going to kind of run away, then that that usually means that we don't need to make any sort of knee-jerk reactions to counteract something that we don't think it's going to be a, a huge issue coming down the pike. Yeah, and I think this probably just goes back to things that we've said probably now multiple times on multiple <laughs> different podcasts of uh -huh. um, being patient investors and being fundamental mm -hmm. in the approach is what we always aim to do. And while I, th I certainly respect that we need to pay attention to these headlines and pay attention to the data, um, we're certainly not going to make any dramatic changes at this point um, and rarely would, uh, sure. especially because I think we often think about, all right, if, in, if inflation is a problem, what does that usually mean for stocks versus bonds? Yeah. Uh, so that's a question to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought I, I thought that was a statement, and then you were gonna nope. finish it up. Yeah. Here. So here's the softball, Adam. <laughs> so yeah, obviously bonds are impacted way more as interest rates and infl and inflation are rising because they just they don't have the ability to really grow, right? Like a like a stock in a company has the pricing yeah. power to increase the price of goods sold to consumers, right? Just raise prices at the consumer level. And that, you know, the rising tide can lift all boats. If, the, if inflation is rising, hopefully the stock price is also rising and you're, you're treading water, essentially. Yep. Bonds don't have that ability, right? They are fixed income. They are fixed rate instruments, for the most part, um, that are negatively impact as interest rates rise and inflation is rising. So right now, right, we've, we've said it in countless conversations with clients that it's very hard to be a conservative investor right now because you can't really earn yes. anything on your cash at the bank. 
And if, if you're not in love with taking on stock market risk, then you're kind of forced into bonds. And even right now with interest rates as low as they are, and now the potential fear of, of inflation picking up steam over the next you know, year or so, you're just kind of in a really bad spot from that standpoint. Yeah, so I think that leads it to be, leads me to say that the answer often is you have to diversify, right? You have mm -hmm. to kind of dabble across the board. It's not to take unnecessary risk if you're truly uncomfortable with it. Um, right. But I think a big, big part of our job and what we would bring up in this inflation conversation or interest rate conversation is we need to spread things out because often mm -hmm. a lot of these different instruments have inverse relationships. So if it is going to be a difficult time for fixed income, if inflation is going to creep up, even if it's not 70s, 80s right. levels, but if it's going to creep mm -hmm. up, then one of the hedges to that is to continue to own a little bit of basket of stock um, where if the economy is still clicking along, stocks should do okay. And we've right. certainly seen that. I mean, we're, we continue to push all-time highs even as yeah. these inflation conversations are happening. Yeah, so, and I'll use your comment familiar. I'm sure we've said this multiple times, but when, when we say, you know, my, my answer of, you know, should we be making changes right now? And the answer is no. That's, that's more of like wholesale changes, right? Should we completely sell out of A to buy B? Um, and obviously that's just not how we manage investments. But there are, right. there are some tweaks that can be made, right? To your point on, at this point, maybe it's taking a little less bond exposure because we just feel like there's, there's not much to really gain from that other than just the safety of not being in stocks but overweighting a little bit more to stocks as they have that potential to dampen the effect of, of inflation over time. Yes, yeah, so that's a good, I, I'm really glad you brought up that point. Peel back the curtain. Um, <laughs> let's peel back the curtain. Our we often talk about like a target allocation, a, a target mm -hmm. retirement portfolio might be 60% in stocks and 40% in bonds. I'm getting a little granular here for our audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, we would say that, we think it's our job to use the light dimmers, right? Where in a time where we feel stocks really do have an advantage over bonds, we may let that grow to 65 or even 70% in stocks. So that would mean you only have 35 or 30% in bonds. That's, that's the kind of thing that we would want to kind of tactically shift based on the mm -hmm. environment a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. But then oftentimes you have to figure out like, what is the actual impact of that depending on the size of, of the investment? So right. these, are the these are the types of conversations and things that you and I are, and the team are continuing to kind of talk about and let evolve. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But that's why you're saying, again, peel back the curtain. It's not a wholesale change to go from 60% yeah. in stocks to 100%. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, not, exactly. it's not appropriate. It's not an appropriate yeah. bet to make. Right. Yeah. And uh, so I had, I had a note here too. One of the things that sometimes gets floated and I'm sure it'll, you, we'll see the commercials, right? It's gold as an inflation hedge. That was that's yep. one thing that kept coming up. Um, you know, I, I listened to a lot of commentary. I've been on a lot of conference calls from the big investment firms um, and gold was a decent hedge, seventies and eighties, but that may have just been more tied to the time that we were in not necessarily that gold is kind of the, the great in inflation hedge just in general. And that certainly has been the case more recently that it hasn't really acted as a you know pure inverse relationship as inflation is going up, that gold is also rising in price. We haven't necessarily seen that relationship in the last 10, 15, 20 years. 
So it doesn't necessarily mean it's not going to be moving forward, but just historically, gold in general is just not a, a big asset class that we really, you know, kind of get behind and really allocate anything to specifically. Yeah, so it's there are things that I think we would talk about that typically do better in inflationary environments, um, you know, getting more granular than just saying stocks in general. Um, yeah. But even there, I, I think we don't want to get too cute with the timing of things. And that right. is to say that if this is a, a, a bigger concern, we think economically where broadly the stock market may struggle based on inflationary pressures, then let's talk about you know, reallocating things and, and considering what that target allocation is. But to make an individual bet on gold as the example, it's not something we would do. Right. Yeah. And so that's, that's a general rule of ours for the most part, right? We're not making outsized bets on any specific sector. Yeah. Asset class, right? We're not, we're not, yeah. we're just, that's just not the way that we manage money. So then let's wrap this up. Is there anything in particular that we should say clients should be paying attention to on this topic? Or is it just another one of those passing headlines that over time, things will normalize and we're going to continue to watch this for you. Don't get overly worked up about it. Yeah. I think from, from an investment standpoint, we would certainly say it's like many things. If it's headline news, it's okay to listen to a, to a degree, but not act right. That's, that's our job to help filter all of the headline news, all of the data, all of the fundamental uh, research that we do and determine if, if action is needed. And like we said earlier, it's probably not gonna be anything major. Obviously on the, on the personal side, there are, we talked about it, right? It's, it's lumber, it's cars, it's chlorine for your pool, right? I've been hearing that one from people too. You, can't, you just can't get it, right? It's, it's again, it's supply and demand. So on the personal level, there, there's certainly things trickling down, but yeah, from a, a, a broad generalization, there, there's, there's really not, as of right now, a huge concern on our end that it's going to continue to kind of just run away from us. The, the Fed has made it very clear that, you know, this is their target that they're sticking to. They're going to let it run a little bit here to see if it actually does stay above that 2% target because we just, we, they've had this 2% target for a very long time and we've been well underneath that for the last 10 plus years. So they're okay to make sure that this is actually gonna stick around. Yeah, so I would summarize that too with just two additional points. I think people that clearly lived through the 70s and 80s with some wealth, you're going yeah. to lean on that experience and say, if this happens again, I don't, I don't want the ill effects of that. So what do I need to do? We, mm -hmm. we just need to recognize the differences in the situation and the differences in the time all the way down to how technology changes price of things sure. even quicker these days. Yeah. So yeah. recognize that and then also recognize other recent experiences with the market. The market does what the market does and it does it quickly. We all can be made a fool by the market thinking that, well, if this is the headline, then this is what the market's going to do with that headline. <laughs> and more often than not, it would make a fool of us if we were to try to make some sort of major pivot. So yeah. Stay in your lane. Certainly be educated. Let's talk about these things. Um, but at this point, inflation is not, in our opinion, going to be the end of this bull market, at least not right now. Agreed. Well said. Thank you, sir. Thank we'll you. See you again real soon. You got it. Take care, Adam. Bye. Bye.
Hey everyone, Adam and I really appreciate you tuning in. Please note that the opinions we voiced in the show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be most appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, your accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to making any decisions or investing. Thanks for listening.